Rachel, do you have a raccoon in a pool floaty on your sock? I do. Love it. <laughs> I wonder who thought of that. What should I put on socks? Raccoons are hot right now. Raccoon. You know what? Someone we graduated you... high school with is raising a pack of raccoons. Ooh, I've had these Gretchen socks Beastfield. for years. Oh my god, you guys, if you if you need a raccoon kick, just come hang out in my yard. Holy shit, there's so many of them in my neighborhood. Why are raccoons popular right now? Don't know. Because we're over llamas. <laughs> Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. We have reason to celebrate today because Ellen has come back from the brink <laughs> of COVID misery. <laughs> I have arrived. I've returned. Ellen, did you get much reading done while you were in your sick bed? Not as much as you would think. I know. It's hard to focus when you have COVID. Yeah, COVID is not conducive to reading. I I did read some, but I mostly watched stupid TV. Me too, when <laughs> I had it. Okay, we're celebrating with Cremant d'Alsace. d'Alsace. Um, it is champagne from the Alsace region of France, which is like getting champagne, just as good. What? Why do I keep having problems? My husband would totally make fun of me. He thinks I don't know how to. Oh my gosh, it smells delicious. It tastes delicious. <laughs> if you smell it off your hand, yeah. <laughs> well, I've se- seen you open many a champagne bottle, and I feel like you're pretty skilled. Yeah, and I've only had like escaping corks, maybe like. You taught me how to open champagne bottles. You're welcome. <laughs> it's a life skill that will save you serve you well. Rachel, our director of podcasts and communications, knows how to savor bottles. We have yet to test that skill. It will happen someday. We'll TikTok it. Thank you, Rachel. I don't even know what that is. It's where you take a knife and you cut it off. Have you seen that? Oh. It's like a som- sommelier uh, trick. And since she has a side hustle as a wine mistress. <laughs> Have you done much wine mistressing lately or do we keep you too busy? You keep me too busy. Good. I know. <laughs> Just how we like it. We're controlling. <laughs> She's showing me a video of her doing it. Oh my god, I want to see. This is from the first time that I've done it. I did it. Holy shit. That was easy peasy. You have to do it just we'll have right. To go though, back out right? in the alley and try it sometime. Okay. <laughs> I do it all the time. All the time. Jeez. But you have to do it in like the winter better. It's best because the bottle has to be cold. And the outdoor, like the weather around you should be cold. I mean, you can do it inside, but I there's chance of glass flinging. So this is going to be like a November, December activity for us is what you're saying. Yeah. And I'll teach you all how to do it. You can even do it with a butter knife. What? Okay. Okay, cool. Cheers. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. 
You're very necessary. There were many things that were just like, sorry, that's not happening this week. Ellen's gone. <laughs> well, that's good to know, I guess. I know you're very essential. And this is very good champagne. Good job. Okay. Nice from the last one. <laughs> that was <laughs> last recording. We had alcoholic fruit juice, but it was a nice souvenir from your road trip to Omaha. And yeah. now we're back on track with what suits our palate. We would have had another one from the road trip, but somebody drank it. So Whoops. I think maybe we you know used what it, it cocktail. I think it came up during that teacher event. I bet it did. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we were running out of the, the bubbly there for that the teacher yeah. mimosa. We yeah. went through everything I we had. I figured it was some sort of event, so I went and bought more. Thank you. So tell me what you read while you were sick or what you're reading right now. Right now, I'm reading I'm Glad My Mom Died. Yeah, I'm listening memoir. to it. Okay, so we're, we're okay. how far are you? I'm like halfway, maybe a little more than halfway. Tell me what's happened most recently. Is she a star on iCarly yet? Yeah. Okay, me too. She is, uh, she was working on her country music career a little yes, bit. Yes, I'm in the same place. Okay, and she just took a kind of a trip with her boyfriend. I haven't gotten okay. there. Okay. But we're close. So this book is the runaway memoir of the season. I would compare it to how Michelle Zahner's Crying in H Mart really took off. Um, it is wonderfully written. Um, a surprising level of like storytelling and skill that puts you right in the moment of being this young girl who is thrust into stardom by her mother and you know from the very get-go it's never what she wanted and that her mom has some major issues yeah and so Jeanette McCurdy was on the show iCarly which I I was aware of but I never really watched it because I was like too old for it yeah. when it came out like I was an adult but I didn't have kids old enough to enjoy it yeah so same. I, I, I kind of missed that yeah Rachel you would have been right in that era but um yeah it's so well told and it's really about the ways in which, you know, you, you look at someone like her and you're on a show like iCarly, which is on Nickelodeon, and it's like, those shows are so corny and cheesy, and but happy. Yeah. And and then you, you, it gives you sort of a look behind the scenes, this very, like, miserable, abused child. Um, so it's just, it's, it's an interesting look at what, behind the curtain, I guess, of what fame might be like, especially if you're a child. Um, and, and she certain ha certainly had circumstances that were extreme because her mother was not a well person. Right. Um, but, you know, even in it, there's a part where she, like, talks about how she, she never wanted to act. She never enjoyed acting, but she really liked writing. Um, so it's Yeah, I remember that part. And I was like, I'm to so see glad she's, she's like, here. She's written a book now, right? So maybe she's... Yeah following her path but i reading this you know we're in her childhood right now and i'm very curious to see what's happened like i want to google you know what did she do between iCarly and now um go for it rachel what do you know when you get further into the book you'll hear a little bit about it and i actually was a really big fan of her and I remember watching some of the stuff that she participated in and worked in after. And then I remember her disappearing. And then she also did the one woman show 
I'm glad my mom died. And I remember that was like the first time I was like, oh my God, she's back. But I remember hearing that she didn't want to act again. Like Interesting. Itself. Interesting. That's really, yeah. So we highly recommend it. Um, yeah. And there, there's this, there was a part that I thought was interesting too, where she talked about, you know, I always thought like being famous would really suck, you know, like in a lot of ways it would really suck, especially if you are an introverted person, which she says she is. And she's like, I go out and I have to spend hours, you know, acting excited to see people and grateful to see them. And everyone feels like I owe them something, like I have to be somebody for them. And to have never, I think that would be hard anyway, even if you yourself pursued fame, but to have never, to have never had a choice in the matter, to have right. always been pushed into it from a very young age is, I think, really horrific. And it makes me mindful of like, okay, what are we, what do we demand of celebrities right you know our authors that we love yeah like i promise not to demand too much of you one time i was sitting in a restaurant and Lori halls anderson was two booths over and i didn't approach her wow i approached her later at her talk at the conference but that's fair game that's fair game (laughs) i um ate dinner at the same place as stephen colbert what and i was very obnoxious um, at the table, kind of like, oh my God, I'm looking at him. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Yeah. But we did not approach him. He was with his family. And, but it's, you know, exciting that I saw him. It is exciting. All right. Um, so I am listening to the Jeanette McCurdy. I'm glad my mom died. Um, but I'm reading The Idealist by Jonathan Gelber, who we'll have in the store later this month. And the idealist is the story of Jack Trice, for whom our stadium is named, uh, the Cyclone Stadium. Um, go State. Yeah, go State. This they just is the Cyclone State. state. It's ah. not the Hawkeye State. You can suck it up, guys. Okay. We needed you back singing. <laughs> it's been too long. Um, but yeah, it is the story of Jack Trice, and it. I'm really sucked up into it. Um, He has an amazing story as a young football standout in Ohio and the story of how he came to Ames and his life here, um, the beginnings of the football program here. uh, It's fascinating. Um, The part I'm at right now is talking about his arrival on campus. Black students, he was one of 20 at the time, were not allowed to live on campus. And so he lived here downtown in the Masonic Lodge, which, oh, wow. it, or Masonic Temple, sorry, the Masonic Temple, oh, the just, Octagon, right through our back door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's fascinating to imagine him there um, living in his apartment, taking the dinky down to campus for classes. Um, so I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, it's like time travel. That's uh, really cool. A hundred years back in time, because we're approaching the hundred year anniversary of Jack Trice's death. So, if that sounds interesting to you, um, join us on September twenty seventh when we'll have Jonathan Gelber here to talk about Jack Trice's legacy. We'll also have Mike Green from the uh, university. He is the director of traditions, and he'll talk about how Jack Trice is honored today by the football team in ways that most people don't know. So I'm really enjoying that. 
that's really cool. And you know, having grown up in Ames, right, we remember when it was Cyclone Stadium, and but this the, the fight to name it after Jack Trice was this decades long yep thing, um, and so it's it was a big deal. Um, yeah, I think it was in '97 when they finally named the stadium after Jack Trice. So, well, I'll tell you about another book I read. Yes, please do. Um, while I was sick and. It was the fifth season by N.K. Jemison, wow. which has been on my TBR for years. It's a fantasy novel. It's a first in a trilogy. Danica told me it's the greatest fantasy novel ever written. I've read N.K. Jemison before. I read her most recent book, The City We Became. Yeah. And I love that is more like science fiction. And I, I loved her writing. Um, the fifth season is fantasy and it is about this the world is um, always like being barely held together it's uh, father earth has taken is angry at the world and so it's full of earthquakes and tremors and shakes and the only thing that's like really keeping the world together are these people who have this skill where they can basically reach into the earth and and shift things and they can keep it still but they are also the most feared people in society and they're very discriminated against um so their powers if they can't control their powers for the you know quote-unquote good of the empire then they are you know executed and you know they're, they're treated horribly so that's sort of the setting and then you have these three timelines three female characters and you're trying to figure out how they're connected, but they all have this skill and they're using them in different times and places. And it's it's just a really cool book. And I'm going to definitely read the second one. Okay, great. And N.K. Jemison has this way of writing, which is like, <clears throat> you know, when you're listening to a song and like the beat drops yeah, and you're like, yeah, she does that in her writing. Like her <laughs> writing has that quality. Every once in a while, you're like, there's a beat drop. <laughs> Like, there's this fight scene in the city we became where it was like, whoa! <laughs> I don't know how, how better to describe it. She just, you're, you read That's it along cool. and it's like, oh, this is good. I really like the story. This is so good. And then she just goes there and it'll be like, paragraph after paragraph after paragraph where you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> That's really cool. But yeah, I, I'm really glad to have read it. I've been wanting to read it for a long time. I've had it for a long time. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to fucking do it. Exciting. Well, I have a little game for you today. You quiz me. I have COVID I know. But it, I think it's going to be really easy for you. You quiz me on first sentences. Yeah. Last time we were together. <laughs> I am going to give you blind date with a book, but you've dated this person already. So have you ever actually, <laughs> have you actually been on a blind date before? Did you ever get set up? Um... I have been on one blind date when I was in high school. Okay. And it was not good. Yeah. It was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been dating my husband since I was, uh, I met him when I was 15. So no opportunity. Um, but I will blind date a book kind of like you just picked up this season. If Danica says this is the best fantasy novel ever written, you have to read it. Will you pick it up and just read it? without ever reading the back. I consider that a 
blind date when someone says this book is so good I don't even read the synopsis. Yeah, like on I'm the not cover. done the I don't even know what I'm getting into. I've right. not read any reviews. I'm just like here for the ride. Yep. I do like that sometimes. Yeah. And when you read Seaplane on Final Approach, you told me that. Yeah. And I I mean, I knew a little bit, just like you would tell someone if you were setting them up on a blind date. Okay, so um any bookstores often will wrap a book and put just a brief description on the cover um, describing what the book is about as a way of kind of tantalizing you into a blind date with this book. You don't see the cover. You don't read the synopsis. You just got the words on the, on the wrapping. So I'm going to give you six word descriptions of books that you've dated and you see <laughs> if you can match the description to the book. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Rebel Teenagers Challenge Wizard's Power. Harry Potter? Good guess, but no. Something you read in the last year. What the fuck have I read about wizards? Rebel Teenagers Wizard's I don't know. What is it? Anthem. Oh shit! Yes, the wizard is a powerful, you're right? You're right. Manipulative. I, yep, I was totally. I so was thinking fantasy. I was not in the right frame of I mind. I know. Okay, slightly misleading. You got me. You got I got gotcha. me. Yeah. Okay, so that was Anthem <laughs> by Noah Hawley, which you loved. Yeah, that's a that's a great book. Okay, time travel portal found in Canada. Sea of Tranquility. Excellent. All right. Siblings receive their mother's surprising inheritance. Black cake. Oh my gosh. Nice job. <laughs> the surprising inheritance is both the secrets of her youth and the um, recipe for black cake. Yes. Directionless girl bakes for Alaskan tourists. <laughs> Seaplane on final approach. <laughs> yeah. It could also be sexualized girl. Um, there were many ways to describe this one. She was horny. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Notes. No. Sorry. <laughs> Killer's just... life told by three women. <laughs> Notes on an execution. Sorry to give that one away. <laughs> so three women um, tell the story of a serial killer. Yeah. And you enjoyed that one. I did. Um, disconnected family rocked by new arrival. The late comer. Yes. So that's where a family has, uh, triplets using IVF, correct? Yeah. And they, they save one of the, the embryos. Right. And the family's like, you know, ne they, they never, the triplets never bond. They're very disconnected. Dad's, you know, unfaithful. And the mom just kind of decides the triplets are heading off to college. Like, I'm going to use that last embryo. <laughs> and so that's the latecomer. Yeah. Indigenous teen investigates reservation corruption. Firekeeper's daughter. Yeah. So though you got every single one. Yes. yes. I'm very impressed. Um, all right. We have some really popping books this week popping okay can i talk about the one i'm so excited about no you may not okay this is not the platform for talking about books that we are excited about my favorite illustrator working today the great 
artist Sophie Blackall has a new book out called Farmhouse. And I read it. We're in Iowa. I know. It's so beautiful. Um, I read it to my girls last night and it kind of made me tear up because the idea behind this story is that Sophie bought land in upstate New York and created a writer's retreat that she calls Milkwood. And I've mentioned it before, Milkwood NY um, on Instagram, if you want to follow her. And when she bought the land, there was a falling apart farmhouse on the property. And she went and investigated it. And she found little remnants of the life that was lived there before um, it started to fall apart. And she created a book out of the story she was able to piece together about this family that had 12 children. And uh, their life, you know, raising cows and working the land and what became of them. And it's just this beautiful idea about if a story is told, lives can live on. And so she decided to tell their story so that their lives could live on in this book that's placed in her hands. And it's made with scraps that she she gathered from the farmhouse, a pearl button, an abalone shell um, button. Um, scraps of fabric, wallpaper bits. Um, it's all based on the details she was able to scavenge. It's gorgeous. The cover is so beautiful. It has embossing and um, spot UV treatment, all these technical yeah, it terms. It's a very pretty looking book. It is I've so not gorgeous. read it yet, but you were showing me. Yeah. You were showing it to me yesterday. And yeah. And uh, we have a number of them that have signed prints included with them. So oh, wow. if you if you come and grab one of our first copies, you'll have this beautiful signed print um, that accompanies the book. So I highly recommend that. Um, oh, also, cool. I like, you know, I live in an old house, which I always bitch about. But one thing I do like about be- being in an old house is I'm like, man, this house has been around for 120 years. Like, who all has lived in these I walls? Know. You know, like, what, know. What, what has this house scene you uh-huh. know what memories does and that who hold? will live here after we do you know it's know. just like it's although i'm taking the boards where i like measured the kids yes you know <laughs> on the door frame you know whatever but it's just interesting to think about like you know all the things that have gone on in the world and the time that that ha- people have yeah. been living in that house and yeah what, what that looked like right Especially as we live through momentous periods in history, like to reflect on the fact that other people have survived similar pandemics yeah. or wars. Um, also in kids, we have The Last Kids on Earth and The Forbidden Fortress. This is number eight in the series of The Last Kids on Earth. Um, so that's going to be exciting for some middle grade readers. Um, and then in... In adult fiction, we have a really cool uh, edition of Nona the Ninth, the third in Tansomir's Locked Tomb series. This book has um, pages tipped in black. It's cool looking. It's and really I cool. know that like our fantasy readers are very excited about this one. It's like the first one is Gideon the Ninth. Yes. And all I know about like the top of that book reads like lesbian necromancers in space. Excellent. I took it home to my husband because I'm yeah. trying to get him into reading. He enjoys fantasy and science fiction. And I was like, lesbian necromancers in space. And he goes, right on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he started it yet. But I know that um, I in Books and Beverages, it's a series that has come up multiple times. I think it's really cool in that this is the way the description for this book begins. Her city is under siege. 
the zombies are coming back and all Nona wants is a birthday party. Right on. And so it, it described she's a um, she's a teacher. She likes to go for walks on the beach with her dogs, but she's not like normal people because she woke up in a stranger's body and she's afraid she might have to give it back. So anyway, fantasy based in bits of reality and who people are. Um, and then also um, in fiction, realistic fiction is Lessons by Ian McEwen. He's the author of Atonement and mm. Saturday. Did you ever read Atonement? I did not. Did you? I did, but it's been so long that I don't remember much about it, other than it was kind of disturbing. Right. And I think this is going to be somewhat similar. Um, it's historical fiction in that it, it covers a time period from the Suez Crisis to the Cuban Missile Crisis to the fall of the Berlin Wall and the current pandemic. Um the main character is Roland Baines, and he is going to live his life across these these time periods. Um, and it's about his um, upbringing, um, his unusual boarding school history, his relationship with his piano teacher, um, his wife, his child. Um, so it's it's described as haunting. Um, it has music, literature, friends, sex, politics, and what is that? Our neighbors are working on their apartment, it sounds like. It's, is it up or is it on the other side of the wall? I can't tell. Hmm. Downsides of sharing space, people. I thought like a crazy dog was in here. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> okay, this one I think is going to be attractive to you. Um, this is a translated from French mystery novel, The Enigma of Room 622. Mm. <laughs> it's a mystery um, that pays tribute to Agatha Christie. Um, it's described as um, dropping the reader through one trapdoor after another. Ooh, I like it. And it is told to please fans of Anthony Horowitz, who you oh, love. I do like Anthony. And I love Agatha Christie, so. A writer's retreat at a fancy Swiss hotel interrupted by a murder mystery. Um, it's metafiction. So it's kind of yep. like story within a story. I love that. Um, and this is from the author of The Truth About the Harry Colbert Affair. Okay. Okay, so that's very cool. You know what we should do? So we should go up there next week and be like, hey, would you like to be on our podcast again? <laughs> and they'll be like, what? I'm like, hey, you were on our podcast last week. <laughs> to the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm well, looking. they don't know, Rachel. I want to know what they're doing. <laughs> well, they're drilling something. All right, popping at the store this week. I'm going to be reading Farmhouse and two other books with Lovey as Story Hour. Um, 10 a.m. Wednesday mornings, every Wednesday morning. I love it. It's so much fun. Um, Thursday. Books and Bevs. Yep. Six o'clock. So if you like a book club, but you don't want to be bound or obligated to read a particular book, come. It's just readers talking about books they've read lately. It's a fun group. Usually there's kind of a regular group, but also we get new people just about every time. And it's 
always a fun conversation. And you can you'll walk away with all sorts of ideas for what to read next. Right. Friday, the Found in Translation book club is meeting and they are reading Frankenstein in Baghdad. Still time to pick that one up. It's not too thick. Um, they read a translated work of fiction each month. And on Saturday, between the covers, book club is meeting at 7 p.m. And they are swooning over Delilah Green doesn't care. <laughs> so that will be really fun. They uh, That's been a great uh, romance seller for us. Sunday, Cafe Philosophy, they are discussing status ego and power my husband should probably come to this he has ego issues um <laughs> 2 to 3 p.m here at the store and that sounds like a nice literary week that sounds awesome welcome back thank you happy reading remember uh subscribe like follow because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week. Yeah, and if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great! It's so great! <laughs> <laughs>